Welcome to Points of Change Live. And today I, uh, I have the pleasure of speaking to somebody who is all about making an impact and working with change makers on getting in touch with creativity and really realizing potential. He has an incredible book called Onward. We're going to be talking about that and also his new challenge that is going to be available for you as well. Uh, his name is Scott Perry. We'll be speaking to Scott just after the titles. Welcome to Points of Change, the show where week by week I will be chatting with coaches, mentors, experts, change makers, people who have achieved or are helping other people to achieve incredible transformations in life, business, health, relationships or any area. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and never miss an episode to find your points of change. Scott, welcome to Points of Change. It's great to be speaking with you. John, I'm really delighted to speak with you and, and kudos on the intro that, that those are some pretty uh, impressive and creative graphics. Uh, uh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I want a little bit of a longer intro. I'm still working on that. It's a brand new brand new show. We'll, we'll get there. Um, but I uh, definitely appreciated feedback. Uh, so it's nice and cold where you are. Yeah, we just uh, <laughs> just came through a weekend of ice storms here in southwestern Virginia. Uh, we lost some power. Uh, some some of our folks are still without power, but this is uh, you know we we chalk this up to life in the country, um, and so just so, an opportunity to 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 live live like they did back in the old days. So if you disappear partway through the stream, we'll put it down to that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think we're back online fully. Let's hope so. That's good to hear. What's the best way to to stay warm there in these kinds of winters? Well, we actually just moved, we, we moved right at the beginning of the pandemic um, into a house that no longer had, the, the house that we're in now does not have a wood stove, but every every place we've lived, we raised our boys on a farm that actually the whole house was heated with a wood stove. And in our former house in town, we had a wood stove in the basement that could heat the entirety of the home and and also enable us to make coffee and tea and all the things that are really essential to making it through power outages uh, you know, nowadays we're 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 fortunately on town water, uh, so we can still drink water and flush toilets, which is uh, good enough. <laughs> It'll keep you going. Your your background there is a hint to your uh, to your experience as a musician, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So for about thirty, almost thirty five years, I made my living as a professional musician. For the last twenty years, I had also added being a owner operator of a guitar studio, a very successful thriving uh, guitar studio here in the little town that I live in. I just, I ended my career as a performing musician about three years ago and just closed down the studio this past year to pursue my other things full time. Fantastic. And uh, so, so now you've made the move not away from music necessarily, it's always going to be a part of you, I'm sure, but now you're doing some, some very different things. Tell, tell us a little bit more about what prompted that point of change for you. What was your point of change? Excellent question. Yeah, so music is still the filter that I see the world through most often. Um, and in 2016, I entered a program created by Seth Godin uh, called the Alt-MBA. And I went into that program thinking I was going to level up in my lesson studio enterprise, putting it online, living the dream of digital nomadship and all that. I exited that program, which is a very intense and powerful transformative program for many people, uh, not even wanting to be a musician or a guitar instructor anymore, but deciding you know, that I was going to 
somehow marry my lifelong interest in ancient philosophy with my lifelong interest in creative pursuits. It took several years for that to morph into the Creative On Purpose brand, um, but that's I did that by doing what we're doing here, broadcasting and interviewing people and also blogging every week and developing an audience and sharing my ideas with them. And now it's grown into a very thriving community and coaching program where I'm helping creative difference makers fly higher in the change that only they can make in the world. So how, how does that process start? How do you start working with somebody to help them make a difference in the world? Well, a lot of the folks that I work with are already advancing in some sort of endeavor that where they are trying to enhance the prospects and prosperity of a, a audience. Um, for folks that have that nagging sense that we small voice in the back of their mind saying, hey, I, you know, I think there's more to life than what I'm doing for a living. Um, I think I could actually do better and be better. I have a very simple three-step process that was outlined in my previous book, Endeavor, that is now uh, a very inexpensive online workshop called the uh, Creative Difference Maker Challenge. That's going to be running at the end of this month at a couple of different times to cover the time zones. Um, and it's really simple. It's just a a process that I've run thousands of people through as readers or workshop participants or clients where we identify your core values and guiding principles. We identify your core talents and skills, your hard and soft skills. And then we identify where you belong with people who share your values and need your talents to enhance their lives. And at the intersection of all that is the work that you're meant to do now, uh, the uh, uh, difference that only you can make. And then I work with people to develop and deliver uh, that enterprise as effectively as possible. Great. Can, can you give us uh, some examples of the kinds of things that you've worked with people on them? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the folks that I work with are actually coaches themselves as well. Uh, most of them are freelancers, although they don't all identify as freelancers. But um, as a head coach in the freelance workshop, uh, I have adopted Seth Godin's definition, which is freelancers are people that are only making money when they are under contract or when they are actually doing the work. Um, so, so I work with people in the nonprofit world. I work with entrepreneurs, you know, that are building businesses bigger than themselves. I work with a lot of creatives, writers, and musicians, and I work also with folks that are not so much interested in building some sort of enterprise or product or service, but are actually just working on enhancing and elevating their role as a spouse, a parent, uh, as an employer or an employee. What uh, what sort of results then have you helped people to to achieve? What sort of differences have, has that working with you made to people's journeys? So one of the founding principles of my approach comes from ancient Stoic philosophy, which has informed REBT and CBT and positive psychology. So it's been scientifically vetted and uh, time tested, obviously. And what we do is we stop cycling on the narratives that are inhibiting our own progress that, that are getting making us complicit and getting in our own way. So we, instead of focusing on the stories of the, that we tell ourselves based on the past about how we didn't have get the breaks or we didn't win the parent lottery, or we didn't get born in the right 
place at the right time at the right country or attaching ourselves to outcomes that are beyond our control we focus on what is within our control which is how we decide to frame and see things and then what we decide to do next and that's a really important part because it's there's always choices even in this global pandemic even with all the social unrest around racial justice or injustice and even um you know even with all the political and social upheaval all around us there's still ample opportunity for anyone who is willing to seek and find the silver linings and the opportunities to create something or advance an endeavor that will help improve the prospects and prosperity of all. So it's very much about the quality of our efforts, the intention and integrity of our efforts. And what we have found, myself and all the folks that I'm working with, is that when you concentrate on the quality of your effort, the outcomes mostly take care of themselves. Purpose, passion, prosperity, and prestige are all things that are naturally occurring outcomes of doing work on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose, within four people that you care about. See, I love all that. You, you said some magic words for me of Stoic philosophy. I, I love Stoicism and uh, have been very into Stoic philosophy for for a long time. I even on my on my main show, my other show, uh, speaking of influence, shouldn't call it my main show because this is just as main. Um, it, I had uh, I was lucky enough to. Uh, invite and be accepted to have uh, Donald Robertson on, who is uh, an incredible speaker and expert on, on Stoic philosophy and and has been very involved with the, we talked a lot about CBT and uh, and how Stoicism has been a basis for that and and the scientific testing. So 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 I really love that we bring those sorts of principles in and we look at what people can do. We, we put things in very rational perspective and uh, and it really can give people a, a nice psychological framework to be able to operate in that has been time tested um, through, throughout a, throughout a long time. And um, so you you said you were working within uh, Seth Godin's sort of uh, framework. Now, I, I, mean, I read quite a few of Seth's books over time, and, and I'm definitely a big fan. I mean, he is like Mr. Marketing, you know, the, the big marketing guru. As far as I'm concerned, like one of the people who's definitely still worth listening to. Um, what brought you what, what brought you into working directly with him through his coaching team? Yeah. Um, before we move on to that, I just want to want to put in another plug for Donald Robertson and his work. So on my broadcast, he introduced me to Casey Pierce, who's producing his graphic novel on the uh, life of Marcus Aurelius. So there's a great yeah. conversation on LinkedIn under my pro profile with Casey. Um, I've been studying Stoic philosophy since I was in the seventh grade, and you can tell that that was quite a long time ago. I was introduced to it by my Latin teacher, uh, to Marcus Aurelius's meditations, read it over and over and over again for years and years and years before I even knew that it was uh, a text about Stoic philosophy. Um, and Donald's book, The Art of Happiness, was one of the, the texts that reminded me like, oh yeah, this is not just uh, a, a Roman emperor on a quest to become his best self by journaling, that he's actually expressing these ideas that come from Stoic philosophy. So that's a fantastic book. How to Think Like a Roman Emperor is a fantastic book. Um, I've yeah. interviewed Donald a few times. And so Donald Robertson is somebody worth checking out Stoic philosophy as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely worth worth, worth the plug and worth taking a moment for that. Because uh, my my conversation with Donald, I honestly never expected him to agree to be a guest. He came on and and I, I just kind of sat back and let him talk because it was just so wonderful to, to listen. Uh, I've not 
had that connection with stoicism for for nearly as long i think it was uh um maybe tim ferris's stuff uh, a few years back that sort of introduced me to it and then some ryan holiday books and and from there um i actually no, i think the first book i read in it was uh, william b irving and and later on i came across donald robertson but it's a, a wonderful area and uh, for me I, I relate more to how donald speaks about it than probably a lot of other people but yeah yeah fantastic well, stuff william's book is is also very very good for those that want an introduction but just yeah. You can go right to Marcus Aurelius and get learn learn everything you need to, to learn. That's the beautiful thing about Stoicism. It's very practical, pragmatic, and approachable, easy to weave into the life you're already living. You don't need an interpreter or an instructor. Um, but let's get back to uh, your original question, which was about my work with Seth Godin. Mm. You mentioned that I was a student in uh, or a participant in the Alt MBA. The, in, yeah. That was August of 2016. At the end of that process, I was invited to go through the Alt-MBA coaching program, um, and it just turned out that I was not selected. But it turns out that Seth Godin, as you can imagine, has access to a lot of very, very um, skilled and, and excellent people. Um, so I didn't get the gig the first time there was an opportunity. Um, and then I can't tell you how I became a head coach in the Akimbo universe, but other than to say, I was invited to do his first program. You mentioned his marketing, um, his, you know, his status as a marketing expert. I, I was a student in the marketing seminar, which was the first Akimbo workshop and the flagship of that series of workshops. And soon thereafter, I got an invitation to become a coach, um, which I accepted immediately. And uh, then when the freelancers workshop was being developed, I was asked to be a head coach because at that point there were several workshops going and it was clear that they needed some structure to have someone just really be in charge of each workshop. So I'm currently the, the head coach in the, the freelancers workshop and the creatives workshop, which is what his latest book, The Practice, is based on. I haven't read his latest book, but I definitely is on my wish list, I think. Um, let me let me see then. Um, we see it on your title there, creative on purpose. And uh, let me ask you, what does that mean? Is that, is that opposed to creative by accident? Uh, creative, what, what's being creative on purpose? Yeah, so it's it, it's a brand that iterated many times along the way. When when I was in the marketing seminar, I the brand was. Um, Initially, coming out of the Alt MBA, it was called the Stoic Guitarist because I didn't know what else to call it. I just knew I was a guitarist at that time and I wanted to weave in philosophy. It became the Stoic Creative in the marketing seminar where I published a book by that title. And Seth actually came, like, had a conversation with me online saying, uh, you know, Stoicism is really not quite widely understood um, and often misunderstood. And you know, creativity and stoicism don't seem to be the kind of things that are going to go well together. And of course, I, you know, arrogant me was like, oh, no, this is going to be great. I've, I've got it all figured out. Um, turns out the book sold uh, modestly and people that that purchase it love it and it's still selling today. But um, it was clear that, you know, Seth was right. Uh, and later on, when I landed on the brand creative on purpose seth actually on my my broadcast um get, gave me a big thumbs up and said you know fantastic love the brand this is this is it so 
as I develop the brand, it's really just based on these two ideas. The first is that, so you know from Stoicism that the Stoics believe that they're what makes humans humans is our social nature and our capacity for reason. I've woven in this idea that humans have a basic creative impulse. It's been, a, you know, there's plenty of anthropology anthropological evidence um, that this is true. There's a great book by um, Antoine Fuentes, The Creative Spark, that investigates that. Um, and so creativity is is a basic human impulse. It's something we employ from childhood. We create talkers from non-talkers and walkers from non-walkers. And you know, eventually we learn to read and write and do all these other things. We learn to make sandwiches. We learn to make conversations. We learn to write stories. Uh, and then purpose is just this idea that purpose isn't a destination that lies out there for you to find. It's something that you cultivate and, and nurture by doing things with intention. And if you do things with intention and integrity and you employ your creative capacity, you are going to make change happen. And that's, to me, all creativity is. It's just the act of making change happen. If you're going to make worthwhile change happen, you're going to have to do it on purpose. And if you're going to do it on purpose, then why not do it in alignment with who you really are and in a way that enhances the prospects and prosperity of the people that you're making change with and for. So in, in a way, it's in, in, an inspired form of creativity. Is that right? Yeah, I think of it as, you know, we are, I mean, many people do not identify or embrace their creative impulse. And that's sad, but that's, a symptom of institutional education, work, et cetera. That's that, that, that it's not true that people are not creative. Everyone has that capacity and everyone employs it every single day. We're doing it right now. Um, but what if you can if you can embrace and start to leverage your creative instinct, you can then also start to level up to art artistry in some of those domains so you know i i love cooking but i will always just be an amateur creative cook um but i'm a i'm deeply invested in being a professional coach and professional community builder i am leveling up to artistry in that craft by doing my work out loud in public and to make a living and so i have putting myself fully on the hook. I'm fully invested in the in the development of craft and the change that I seek to make. And so that's a distinction that we make at Creative on Purpose is, yes, be creative everywhere and in, in everything you do, and then be intentional about what you're going to level up into artistry is because that's how you're going to make significant and meaningful change happen. So what if there's someone watching or listening and thinking, mm, I'm not really very creative? I'm sorry, say that one more time. If there's someone watching or listening who thinks that they're not very creative, yeah, I'm not very creative, I can't really, I don't really, not really in access with that. I'm more, maybe more, I'm much more of a technical person. I like to have it, you know, not really uh, in that side of things. One of the things, one of the the the, the catchphrases or taglines that I wrote in um, Onward is choose your story, choose your future. Now, if you want to, attach yourself to that story, if you want to cycle on that story, and you want to impede your ability to make, you know, to improve yourself and improve your life and, and improving your work, that's fine. That's your choice. Good news. Your 
well, bad news, everything is outside of your control, except good news, your ability to frame things and decide what you do next. And the framing of things is about storytelling. Narrative is how we've always made sense of ourselves, of our situation, of each other. And you can craft, you can stay attached to a story that impedes your ability to, to level up in creative pursuit, or you can decide to let go of that story and start telling yourself a new story that you are a creative and that you are a creative in process. You have to, you have to do things that you can't do. And that means you will do them badly and you will fail before you start to do them modestly and, and do them well. If you waited until you could ride a bike perfectly, you would never have ridden a bike. But by getting on the bike and trying and failing and falling and getting on again and paying attention to what was happening and iterating your, your approach, uh, you eventually become a person that just hops on a bike and rides and doesn't even think about it. That's yeah. creativity in action. It's, it's interesting. And I've been doing coaching for years myself. And uh, one of the things that always just appears to be true, like one of the main reasons why people stop themselves from progressing uh, is that they get in their own way. And so I use that very intentionally. People do stop themselves. Um, most of the obstacles are self-made or, or are in our minds or in our, our way of thinking or the, as you very well put it, the, the stories, the narratives that we run inside our inside our own mind. Breaking out of those is kind of easy to say, but it's not always easy for people to do. How do you support yourself then in, like, okay, I want to have a different story. I want a different narrative. How am I going to make that a reality for myself? Okay, I'm telling myself something different, but what else? What can support me on that journey? Yeah, well, you're saying something really, really important, so I just want to highlight it. We are almost always the creators or at least complicit in the obstacles that are in that we put in in front of ourselves and as a coach i'm sure you know as coach coaches are always people that are and i assert that everyone is actually a coach just some of us do it informally and some of us do it formally but yeah you know if you are a person that is invested in helping people you care about get from where they are to where they want to be and seeing the things that they don't see and helping them navigate their way around or through them that's coaching and I can be a bloody genius at helping John see the things that he doesn't see. I can, I can help him see and turn on light switches and see and walk through thresholds um, that he can't see because he's stuck in a narrative that inhibits his own progress. At the same time, I am lousy at doing that same thing for myself. So I need John to sit with me, talk with me, show me the things that I don't see, and then keep me on the hook for navigating my, my way around or through them. So, you know, I have a blog post that's, that's titled, you don't need a coach, because if you believe you don't need a coach, you don't need a coach. Because the truth is, if you're tuning into this broadcast, you're fine. Everything is fine just the way it is. And in fact, you probably, you know, would have been happier if things had just continued on the way they were before 2020 came around. Um, at the same time that you are sufficient, we have this aspirational nature. We are strivers. And 
you know, the, the, the dirty little secret is this is one of the, the things that human beings can do. We can hold two opposing ideas in our head at the same time and our heads won't explode. Everything's fine just the way it is. And yet I seek to be and do more. And you can have both of those things happening and doing doing that kind of engaging in that kind of journey with someone else, with a trusted advisor, a mentor, a coach, a teacher, a friend. Um, that's the way that that progress is actually made. Because if you try to treat your 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 journey and personal growth and 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 elevating your endeavor by as a do-it-yourself project, you're not gonna, you know, make make significant progress. And just think about, you know, do you cut your your own lawn? Sure. Do you um, take out your own appendix? Eh, probably not. <laughs> you know, seek out people that are trained to and who are invested in helping you get from where you are to where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you should never be underestimated the the value of coaching. And uh, you know, I think I think even when I first got into coaching, I probably underestimated how how important it was. And do I think people can get where they want to be without it? Yeah, I, I think it's possible. Do I think people get there faster and more supported and, and uh, feeling better about it? Um, yeah, with a coach, yeah. And so with, with help, we, we can achieve more. We can go further. We can go faster. One of the things I, I find, you know, some of my some of the people I work with, some of my clients, very successful already in their fields. Mm -hmm. uh, even even speakers who I work with on their on their speaking and speech writing, still there are things that you don't always see about what you're doing or on your own journey or the limitations that you place upon yourself based on your own experiences, results, um, beliefs, uh, and often things from childhood that that still stay with us and and end up holding us back. And so having someone like you on the outside who can see that and see your greater potential and hold you to it, hold your account, hold your feet to the fire and say, come on, we can do this. Let's make the plan. Let's help you get there. Let's uh, give you the, the encouragement, the accountability, everything you need to actually achieve this. Um, it's going to make, it's going to make big changes. It's going to make big, big results. I want to ask you then you, your new book onward, you, you've mentioned it. Um, what is tell us the the whole purpose of the book what is the the intention of that book sure um just want to quickly highlight what you said because it was what you just said was really really important and the key motivator for making change happen is investment yes you can make change happen if you invest your valuable time and attention that you can never get back but when you invest in yourself by investing in coaching or some sort of group coaching program or some sort of program period that is we just know from psychology that's the way that you you go all in into the change that you seek to make um onward is uh, I, onward i began writing onward before the pandemic right before the pandemic hit as the pandemic hit i realized that onward had to become a, a different kind of book a, a book about embracing uncertainty navigating adversity and flying higher and the difference that only you can make. And so what I did was I went back to my, uh, my operating system, Stoic philosophy, and I pulled out some quotes from Marcus Aurelius, where he is sharing the three disciplines of Stoicism that were first outlined by Epictetus. And the disciplines, um, different scholars have different names for them, but the ones that make sense to me are the discipline of perception, the discipline of action and the discipline of will. And 
where in the past I would wave my stoic flag at the beginning of, of a book, I saved the punchline for the very end. And I just threw three, the book is less than a hundred pages long. So it's a handbook, very much like Epictetus's um, discourses or, or Marcus's um, uh, journal. Uh, it's th three sections that outline this process by which you can see things as they really are objectively without uh, value judgment, without strong emotional attachments. You can then see, you can then see the choices and make a decision as to which one you're going to act upon. You can then, second step, take a small, bold step into your potential impossibility and continue to pay attention to what's happening and continue to, to use your powers of perception to see how things are unfolding and what adjustments, if any, need to be made. And that this is all done in a way that aligns who you are with what you're good at and where you belong. Uh, and so the discipline of will is just this, this, this idea of paying attention to the process, paying attention to the quality and integrity of your efforts, because that's all that's really yours anyway. The outcomes are beyond your control and you can find joy. You can find a sense of flourishing and fulfillment in the work itself, in the effort itself. And if you do that, it's more likely that the things that you, you might think you want, like prosperity or status or prestige are, are things that will come, but whether or not they come, you're still on the journey. You're still deeply engaged with your life and you're experiencing a greater sense of flourishing and fulfillment in it. So that's, uh, the book is just really laying out this very three simple three-step process by asking three questions. Um, now I'm good for, what's now? What's the situation now? What's next? What what am I going to choose and do? And then what's it all for? And what it's all for is the quality of your effort, develop, development of your character, and doing good work that we elevate ourselves most through work that serves others. Okay, you read that for us. What 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 next? Oh, so what's now? Like what's, what's really now? going on? Okay. What's next? What's the what's the best choice I can make? knowing that I can't know exactly how it's going to turn out. Uh, you know, what's the next smallest step into possibility and potential. And then after you take that, doing that with uh, what's it for is it's, it's for cultivating your character and enhancing the experience of others. So do that work on purpose with purpose and for purpose. Okay. So what now, what next, what for? Got it. How, how often should we ask ourselves that quest, those three questions? I ask them all day long. Uh, you know, I actually, I, I mean, I actually really do. So one of the things that I did uh, about 10 years ago was, you know, I was very, very overweight. And I realized like, this is not going to get any easier, you know, as I age. And I started by just walking up to the top of the driveway and back and eventually turned that into a, a three mile run then or three mile walk and then a five mile run and you know at, in a very short period of time i lost 75 pounds by just starting with a small step um and so uh, i just it, you know so one of the things i would do is i would i would tape the question what's it for on the peanut butter jar because i had a really nasty peanut butter habit you know and so when i would you know when i would see that question on the peanut butter jar i'd be like 
well, it's it's because I, I you know, I, I'm I'm weak and I want to slack. I've had, I've had of worse addictions, but yeah, exactly. So it was it was it would be a way of reminding myself, like, okay, you actually yeah. don't want that because it's not serving your higher purpose, which is you've got to get yourself in shape. You want to be around for your sons and for your wife and you know future uh, grandkids and for your clients and whatnot. So you know, as something as mundane as that can that those three questions can be a powerful lever for ratcheting progress towards what you really want, as opposed to the knee jerk reaction, reactive responses that, you know, we have uh, yeah. unconsciously happening to ourselves all day long. Are there any other things that you do on a, on a daily basis to, to keep yourself on track? Absolutely. Um, so one of the, the things that again, is a, a tenet of stoic philosophy, but also uh, proven by psychology is um, the easiest way to lift your mood and, and to change your posture and mindset is gratitude. So I begin every day uh, with a group of people in the Akimbo um, alumni community. We have a, a, a daily gratitude practice where the first thing we do is we wake up and we list three simple gratitudes. Um, you know, this the, the, it becomes a superpower when you can do things like say that you're grateful for a power outage, right? <laughs> it sounds like something that's a negative. It sounds like I was just picking up my little gratitude journal here, trying to put it on the camera. Yeah. My, every day, my three, uh, my three gratitudes amongst other things, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh... yeah. So, gratitude, you know, it just instantly lifts your mood in the same way that, um, you know, music making is also one of those things that is scientifically proven to really enhance our mood connection, sense of being, well-being, and, and all that. So that's a, a daily practice. Um, the da A daily writing practice is also just uh, something that I've done be because it's how I clarify my thoughts, and I do my writing out loud and in public. Um, I want to hear from people, even um, even internet trolls, because it, it helps me build the resilience that I need to continue to do what I, to improve what I do, but also um, helps me refine who the, the, the right people are for my work and who the wrong people are for my work. And it gives me uh, also the, you know, if you are engaged in a meaningful endeavor, if you are applying your creativity and your integrity and your intention and your skills uh, to meaningful work, there will be inevitably, there will be challenges, misfortune, obstacles, and failures. And so resilience, creative resilience is required. And you can only build that by embracing that things might not work out the way that you want them to, um, that you might not be understood in the way that you intend, or that you, you might just be ignored, which is very easy to happen, um, you know, in the, the internet age. So yeah, all these, all these kind of simple daily practices just help me you know, make it through the, the lean times and, and the, the, the challenging times, because I'm always pushing to the edges of my understanding and ability, because that's how I'm going to get better at what I do. So would you say it's primarily mental resilience that gets you through the tough times? Or are there any other things that keep you going? Is that the, is there a really big why that pulls you through those times as well? It's a great question. Um, routines and relationships. So I've talked about some of the routines, but relationships are also really, really important. You do have much more control over who you choose to spend your valuable time and, and attention with and on. Uh, 
you know, I'm not suggesting that you ditch all your loser friends because they're dragging down your average, um, you know, and some of us, you know, can, can tell ourselves stories about how, you know, family members or relations are not fueling our des desire and our journey and in, into our potential. Um, but largely on a day to day, hour to hour, minute to minute basis, we get to choose where we spend our time and who we listen to and who we don't listen to. So I am very, very judicious about where I, you know, where I donate my, my valuable time and attention. I'm very, very clear about um, who I'm bringing into my community and who I'm taking on as clients. And um, at, at the same time, able to generously show people where there might be a better fit or where there might be um, room if there's no room um, you know, in our community at the time. So I just think being really vigilant about who you spend time with and who you listen to, um, in addition to paying attention to what Marcus Aurelius called the inner citadel, like, you know, maintaining the quality of the thoughts that are um, entering our own minds and the stories that we're telling ourselves, ourselves about ourselves and about our situation, those two things really help me stay on track um day to day and and stay focused i i personally find stoic philosophy helps me in so many ways so i can very very much relate to you there but so does so does music so you know, we have quite a few things in common i think so um so you mentioned earlier on about a, a challenge and I, I want to give you an opportunity to tell us more about that yeah so thank you um i just announced this earlier <coughs> excuse me this morning um, I've been developing the, that Venn diagram of, you know, who you are, what you're good at and where you belong ever since my first book, The Stoic Creative. And as I've engaged with, you know, hundreds of readers and clients and, and uh, workshop participants, it's become more and more refined. And I feel like it's, it, I, I am told that it is a very powerful way for anyone at any stage of life to get some clarity as to the work that they're meant to do now, not the work you were born for, because you were not born for any single purpose or any single endeavor. Um, but, you know, if you are aware of your core values and guiding principles, if you take an inventory of your talents and skills, both hard skills and soft skills, and are mindful about surrounding yourself with people who share your values and need your talents and skills to enhance their lives, you will find meaningful work to start doing and and that process is going to be unpacked in a in a two-hour workshop at two different times later in february if you go to creativeonpurpose.com backslash challenge you can get all the details there's lots of bonuses and um, a month of support but my goal and the challenge is i want i know that love equals work and work equals equals love. We are, we human beings are born to work, to put energy into worthwhile endeavors. And if we're going to do that, why not engage in work that fuels and fulfills us? It doesn't mean that it has to become your full-time job because you have, there's work you have to do to make mm -hmm. a living, to take care of your responsibilities. That's fine. Hopefully you get some pleasure or at least don't, don't experience any displeasure in that job. Um, but you still have plenty of time to do the work you get to do some sort of meaningful endeavor, whether it's a side hustle, an encore career, uh, a passion project, just a hobby, but you can work on that on the side 
and working on that and doing that with and for others will help you experience a greater sense of fulfillment and flourishing in your life, regardless of whether it ever makes you a penny. So the challenge is going to help people dial in the the difference that only they can make. And I would love for viewers to, to check it out. And if it feels like a good fit, come join us. Well, links will be in the in the show notes once uh, after the live. We'll make sure all, all of that gets updated before it goes out as properly as part of the show. But uh, that sounds fantastic and something I, I'm interested in checking out myself. And um, so you, you mentioned your website and just want to give that uh, another plug so people can get in contact with you if they want to know more about your challenge, more about your books, more about you and what you've been talking about today and, and any other places where people can come and connect with you. Yeah, so creativeonpurpose.com is where I live. Um, it used to be that you could Google Scott Perry and I was the number one hit, but then this uh, representative from Pennsylvania came along named Scott Perry. Actually, I competed pretty pretty uh, well with him, but then uh, there's a basketball coach, professional basketball coach named Scott Perry now. It turns out that politicians and washed up musicians can't compete with politicians. <laughs> Go to creativeonpurpose.com, or if you put creativeonpurpose.com and Scott Perry, you'll find me on social media. You'll find the website, the blog, the broadcast, and all the other goodies. Yeah, great. Again, we'll have links in the in the show notes for, for anyone who wants to come and find out more, find out about your challenge, your books. It all sounds like good stuff to me. It's been a very enjoyable conversation. Is there anything I should have asked you and I didn't? No, you were. This was a great interview, and you're you're doing great work. And I love that I'm on your newer show because I I I am an early adopter. I believe in <laughs> joining innovative product projects and trying things that might not work. I think uh, you know you you are making a significant difference in the world yourself, John. And I am applauding and supporting you from the sidelines while you're in the arena thrashing it out. Um, and uh, it's been it's been a delightful conversation. You ask great questions, and uh, this is a great way to start my start my Monday and start my week. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. I definitely appreciate you giving up your time to come and share some great uh, insights and uh, some knowledge bonds and wisdom and stoic philosophy, which I just love, uh, with us all as well. So uh, I think it's uh, helping me get the show off to a great start. Scott, uh, thank you so much. And uh, I would look forward to speaking with you again in the future and seeing uh, seeing more great things from you as well. And stay warm, right? It's been a privilege. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe to the show and don't miss a single episode that's coming up. Also, you may want to check out some of our recent episodes for this brand new show. Still to come in this launch week, we're talking about busting through procrastination, helping new leaders to always know what to do next, making sure we understand some of the neuroscience of how we learn. We'll also be finding out how you can prepare yourself for a wealthy retirement through property investing. Don't miss a single episode of that and please support the show in any way that you're able to. Maybe that's subscribing to the show. Perhaps it's picking a particular episode that you like and leaving us a review on Apple. Maybe it's sharing some episodes with your friends because the more of these empowering conversations that we get to share, the more empowered more people end up being. Have an amazing day and I'll see you again very soon for another episode of Points of Change.